The following audio is from the Sunday morning worship service at First Baptist Church in Clayton. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcclayton.com. We'll go to Colossians chapter 3. We are, we are trucking right along. Um, after this week, I believe, if, according to my count, we have three weeks left in Colossians. Then we're going to move on. And uh, we'll get ready for Easter. We're going to go to John chapter 17 after we finish Colossians and look at uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer in the garden the night before uh, he was crucified uh, leading up to Easter. And then after Easter, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes, and we'll be, the, we'll be in there for most of the summer. Ecclesiastes is going to be a great book. Uh, I think coming right off of Colossians, right after we look at the gospel and the way it plays out for us, then Colossians is going to... Uh, Ecclesiastes is going to take us and have us look at all the stuff around us and how none of it makes any sense or matters at all apart from the gospel. Um, So Colossians chapter 3. Now, over the past couple of weeks, um, we've been looking really at the implications of the gospel that Paul discussed in chapter 1. So chapter 1, he lays out the gospel, and then the rest of the book is him kind of taking the gospel and applying it or saying this is how we should live in response to the gospel. Um, so last week we looked at the freedom that we have, uh, where he said, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. And we said that that's not a freedom to sin, but it's freedom from sin. And so we're going to get um, into that a little bit deeper today. And let me just say from the beginning, um, the next couple of weeks, today and next week, the, the text has some difficult things to say to us. Uh, this week really about the way that we live, about the way that we conduct ourselves, and next week has to do really with the home and, and the way that God has set up the home. And so we're going to be uh, saying some things that, that, that might step on some toes, uh, but let me say from the beginning, if, if you hear something that steps on your toes, I want you to understand that all I'm doing is reading what the Bible says. So if, if you get mad about something you hear, in the end you're not mad at me, you're mad at God. So take it up with him, all right? And, and you're, look, my email address, my phone number's on the bulletin, so feel free to send me angry emails or, or give me angry calls. That's just kind of uh, part of being a pastor. But in the end, if, if something that you hear uh, today steps on your toes, it comes from here. This is gonna be real simple. We're just gonna read what the text says and then talk about what the text says, okay? I'm not, and, and, and I, I hope I've made it clear in the first five and a half months or so, I'm not just pulling these out of thin air. So like, um, I don't have a soapbox that, that I'm going after. We're going through a book of the Bible. So where the text goes, we gotta go, okay? Um, um, also, let, let me also say that um, there, there's gonna be some mature topics discussed today, and I understand that we have some children. So parents, I'm gonna do my best um, to explain things, to discuss things in a way that you're not going to have to go home and answer questions that you're not prepared to answer, okay? Um, so uh, I just, I, I'm going to be sensitive to the fact that we have kids in here. And, and let me be honest, I love having kids in the service. I really do. Um, I, I was in church from the time I was four years old growing up. Um, and and I, know, I know there are churches that do children's church, and, and I think that that has its place. Um, and I'm not saying we're never going to do that, but, but I like having kids worshiping with their families. I think, I think it does a lot when children come in and worship with, with their parents. Um, I, I, I really believe in that. Um, so a, as we're going through this, if, you're, if your toes are stepped on, if you start feeling that, that kind of tinge of conviction, um, I also want to say we're not, we're not condemning. There, there's no condemnation here. What, what we want to do is allow the gospel to speak, to bring people to repentance, 
and lovingly correct um, where there are discrepancies in our lives and the Bible, okay? So, um, so that's where we're going. Um, it's it's going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, he's going he's gonna to lay out today some things that we need to put to death and some things that we need to bring to life. So um, let, let me also say, if you're, if you're here and you're listening and some things kind of start start stepping on your toes or, or maybe, maybe getting to you and it, and it stings a little bit, don't tune me out. If, if that's what's happening, I firmly believe it's the Holy Spirit working on you, and so let him do work. Let him chisel us this morning, okay? Don't just, don't just buff and say, I don't like that. It's not happy. Um, uh, let him, let the Holy Spirit do some work in our lives here this morning, okay? So here we go, Colossians chapter three. Let's stand as we read this together. We're gonna go through verse 17, so it's a little bit lengthy. Um, so if you're able, let's stand. And uh, Word of God says this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive." And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray it would do work on our lives where there are inconsistencies, where there are things that we fall short in. Uh, first of all, let your love and your compassion, your forgiveness come over us and then help us work to correct those things in your grace as we walk along. Chisel us this morning uh, with your word. We ask this in your name. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you very much. Um, so really the pattern we're going to see here this morning is Paul says this. Um, first of all, set your eyes on Christ, the things that are above, not the things that are below. Okay, that's where he's starting. So, so the gospel starts, set your eyes on Christ. And then he moves into this difficult section, put to death what is earthly in you. And he lists a whole bunch of things that we need to put to death if we're a follower of Christ. And then he's going to, uh, in verse 12, say put on then. So he's going to tell us what we need to put to death and he's going to tell us what we need to bring to life as followers of Christ. And so that's where we're going to be. Um, now, anytime we have to put something to death, 
it's a difficult thing, right? There's mourning. And so, so as I said, some of this is going to be difficult for us uh, because we are called to violence. We're called to, to act aggressively towards the things that uh, are in our lives that are not consistent with Scripture. We're called to put them to death. And, and anytime something dies, there's, there's mourning that takes place, but we have to put these things to death in order that so that we can bring to life the things that God wants to birth in us, okay? So let's, let's go. Uh, chapter uh, 3, verses 1 and 2. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, I'm so encouraged that this is where he starts, that he doesn't just jump in and say, uh, you got to stop doing some stuff, okay? The first thing that he says is, get your, mo- get your eyes on Christ. Set, uh, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So, so you want to get rid of some things in your life? You don't start by focusing on the thing you want to get rid of. You focus on Christ, on his goodness, on the forgiveness, on the grace that he has shown to us. That's where we've got to start. And that's why in chapter 1, he starts by explaining the gospel and explaining how good God is and that he has reconciled us to him even though we have fallen short. He reminds us that this thing starts with God. He took the initiative. So if we want to put things to death, we've got to get our eyes on Christ. Because I guarantee if your eyes are on the things that you want to stop doing, if that's where your attention is, that's where your action is going to be. We gravitate towards the things that we pay attention to. And so I think so long what what the church has uh, failed in this is that we're constantly bringing attention to sins, to the things that are below, and and we're saying, look at all this stuff. we got to stop doing all this. The problem is we keep bringing all this stuff to people's attention. And, And if you're like most people, as soon as you're told not to do something, all of a sudden a little light bulb goes off and you're going... Why can't I do it? Right? Like, like if you've ever told your kids not to do something, don't go in that room. What's the, what's the next thing they're going to do? They're going to go in the room. Why? What's this magical land of do not that, I, that I'm supposed to be kept out of, right? When, uh, when we first moved Noah out of his crib, uh, we told him several dozen times, don't come out of your room. Stay on your bed. You know how long it took him to come out where we were? Not very long, all right? Minutes. And over and over and over to where the first time we went, uh, this isn't going to work. We're, we're putting the crib back up, okay? This, he, needs the, he needs the prison bars. This is, this is important for him, okay? Um, and so if, if we're constantly drawing our attention down to the things that we're trying to get rid of, we're never going to get rid of them because that's where our attention's going to be. And, and if you're like me, there are going to be times where you go headlong, running full speed ahead into things that you know you shouldn't be a part of. This is wrong. Yeah, I know it's wrong. I'm going to do it anyway, right? That's that's our human nature. And so if we want to put things to death, we've got to first get our eyes on Christ. So that's where he starts. Um, Matthew 6.33, you can write this down. You'll know it if you've been in church any length of time, uh, maybe not the, the verse, uh, but you'll know the, you'll, you'll know the verse, even if you don't know exactly where it's found. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you as well, right? If you have any background in church, if you were in church at all as a kid, you probably sang this song over and over again, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's, it's the truth. It's, it's the gospel. It's so simple. Seek him. Seek him first. Before anything else, seek him. Um, and this has to be where we start. This has to be the starting place that we set our eyes, first of all, set our eyes, set our minds on him or else we're going to get very confused um, because if all we're doing is looking at stuff that, that we don't need to be a part of, the world has a lot to say about this stuff. And when we start saying, well, well, I don't need to be a part of that, the world's going to come in and say, oh, it's not that bad. And we're going to look at some of that here in just a minute. But, so the first thing, we, we have to start by getting our eyes, getting our minds on Christ, focusing on him. Um, verse 3 and 4, move on. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Um, if you're one who writes in your Bible or underlines things, or even if you're not, I would still encourage you to do this. Um, underline, circle, highlight, put a big star by uh, verse 3. Especially the first part of verse 3. For you have died. All right, that's important to remember. When, when you come to Christ, you lay your life down. You have died to your old self. Um. Galatians 2.20, Paul says it to the Galatians too. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. If you're crucified, you die. So Paul says, my old self, the way I was before I came to Christ, died. I put him to death. All right, so you see this call to violence already. Um, you've got to kill the old nature. We, we've got we've to kill it. And, and here's what happens when you realize that if you're in Christ, you have died, and now it's not you that live, it's Christ that lives in you. Um, dead people are not concerned with their rights. Dead people are not concerned with being true to themselves. They're dead. Um, they go wherever people who are alive take them, right? That's, that's, what, a dead, that's what a dead person does. They, they, they don't have control. So, so when you come to Christ, you're doing the same thing. You, you are laying your life down and saying, I'm yours. You guide me. You tell me where I go, and I follow. Um, we, don't, we no longer complain, but, but this is what I want, because if you're dead, you, you, don't, you don't get a say. <laughs> Right? We follow. Um, much like, as, as the Bible calls it, the clay in the hands of the potter, right? It would be like a piece of clay saying, I don't want to be a cup. I want to be a plate. Okay? It's not going to happen. The, the clay is molded in the way it wants to be. And that's the way that, that we're, uh, that's what we're called to be, is clay in the potter's hands. Um, and then he says this. You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Uh, so our life is hid, your life and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, and, and so this goes back to the thing, you're, you're dead um, and 
Not only that, you've been bought, so you're, you're not your own. Your life is hidden with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Again, you'll know this if you have any background in church. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You're not your own. You don't, you don't belong to yourself anymore if you're in Christ. You were bought. You were paid for. Christ is the boss so when you become a believer, you say to Christ, my life is yours, you're my boss, you tell me how to live. Tell me where to go, tell me what to do. I'm yours. Uh, now we get to verse, verses 5 through 11. This is the put to death. So I want to read all this and then uh, read 5 through 11, and then we'll kind of break it down into some sections here. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And now the first five things that he lists here have to do with sexual sins, not obeying what God says about intimacy, not controlling our passions, or wanting something or something else outside, or wanting someone or something else outside of God's design, which he says is idolatry, right? Saying that God is not enough, deciding we need something other than God is idolatry. So um, here's, what we're gonna, here's what we see is that this Greek word that means that it's translated sexual immorality um, re- refers to any kind of intimate relationship outside of marriage between one man and one woman. That word covers it all, okay? So here we're talking with um, intimacy outside of marriage, either premarital or extramarital, homosexuality, pornography, The list goes on and on. Anything outside of the one man, one woman in a marriage relationship that God designed. And, okay, here's what you may be thinking. Kyle, this is 2013. Does this really still apply? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Um, Romans chapter 3. If you will turn there with me. This is the only other place I'm going to have you turn besides Colossians 3. Romans chapter 3. You'll be back to your left a few pages. Um, now in this passage Paul is talking about the Jews who got the covenant uh, from God who got the law and then who were basically unfaithful to that and um, what God uh, his reaction to that so um, it's not talking specifically about what Paul's addressing in Colossians 3 but here's why I think it's still important because it shows that just because people are unfaithful to God's commands does not change God's commands. Okay? Uh, this is what he says. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means, and get this, let God be true, everyone, uh, though everyone were a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. You get that? Let God be true, even though every man were a liar. So, what does that say? 
God is right all the time, regardless of what people believe, regardless of what people say. So in the end, it, doesn't, it does not matter what you believe is right. What God says is true, always and forever. So, just because our culture and our world tends to be very confused on this idea of intimacy and, and, well, if we love each other, it's okay, the Bible would say, no, this is how God designed it. And, and so we want to have other people who come along and say, well, that, doesn't that make God kind of a killjoy? And the answer to that is unequivocally no. Because here's what God has done. God said, this is the way I designed things to operate. And I designed them good. I designed them for your pleasure. And this is the way they're to work within the confines of marriage. When we step outside of that, we step outside of the way God designed things to work, and that's when things go haywire. God designed it not to drive us crazy not to be a killjoy and say ha 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 you can't do it no no he said he said i designed it in such a way that this is how it's supposed to operate and for your pleasure use it in the way i designed it and listen it's kind of hard to to mince paul's words here right he says put to death what is earthly in you. And then he lists these things we're supposed to put to death. There's, there's no getting around that. Put to death. Stop it. And, and we, we'll throw all these, um, all these excuses out, right? Like, just like I said, but Kyle, it's 2013. But, but we love each other. Listen to me. The Bible's very clear. If you love each other, then you should be more concerned with each other's holiness than with your personal happiness. If, if you truly love each other, then you should be spurring the other person on towards godliness, not using them for personal pleasure. True happiness and true joy in relationships is found when God is honored, and God is honored when we follow his commands. Um, then we get to verse six. On account of these, the wrath of God is is coming. Now, I want to I be real clear here. Sin is a big deal. I think we've forgotten that. I think we tend to just kind of sweep some things under the rug and say, oh yeah, I'm a sinner, but everyone's a sinner, and my sin's not as bad as, as this person's sin. And we kind of start looking at the Ten Commandments and say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a liar, and I may have stolen some stuff, but I've never killed anybody, Right? Because, like, that's the one we always go to, right? Like, if you're going to compare your life, well, well, yeah, maybe I'm a dirty, rotten thief, but I've never killed anybody, okay? And, and what God says is this. Look, sin is a big deal. It cost God his only son. That's how big a deal sin was to God. And the truth is, and look, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an end times guy, oh, judgment's coming, but, but listen, the Bible's very clear. Christ is coming back, and we will stand before him and give an account. The Bible's very clear. You, you have a hard time getting around that. 
that, that we will give an account for the way we lived our life. We will be given an account for the way we handled the grace that has been shown to us. Sin's a big deal. Now we move on. So if you were breathing easy after, the first, um, after that first section, now we get into the, the rest. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Okay, so, so look at this list that he gives us. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. I think gossip falls under slander. Just saying. Um, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. All these are to be put to death because you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Notice what he says, in these you once walked. He tells the Colossians, look, this is, how, this is what you used to be. All these things. This whole list used to be angry and, and slanderous and just wrathful, vengeful people, but now you've got to put that off because you're not that person anymore. In Christ, you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we've, we've used this before. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Then verse 11, he gets into some more stuff. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. That's, that's simply racism is what he's talking about there. You've got to put it all away. Now look, um, we're a part of Southern Baptists. And Southern Baptists have a dark history when it comes to racism. That was, our, that was how we got started, came out of racism. Most of the Southern Baptists, when Southern Baptist Convention was started, were slave owners and started the Southern Baptist Convention as people who wanted to continue being slave owners, okay? So we, we've got to deal with it. We've got some skeletons in our closet. But listen, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that, that as, as the Southern Baptist, the Southern Baptist Convention has put that to death. Um, if you were paying attention um, back uh, during the last uh, convention that met in New Orleans. Um, Southern Baptist Convention elected its first black president. All right, we have, we have put this to death. Um, we still celebrate cultural differences. I'm not saying that we come in here and we're colorblind because that, that, that ignores cultural differences and, and some of the ways that, that God still works in, in each of our individual races. But, but we no longer let race or culture separate us. The body of Christ is diverse and that's a beautiful thing. Not all of us have the same background, right? Um, I come from Texas, the greatest nation in the world, okay? So, just kind of a... Kind of a joke, kind of a joke. <laughs> um, okay, so these are the things that we've got to put to death, the sexual immorality. Um, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth, lying, uh, racism, all these things we've got to put to death. So now what do we put 
on is where we find ourselves now. Verses 12 through 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, we could go through each of these individually, but I don't think we have to because it's pretty straightforward. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, humility. This is basically his list of the fruits of the Spirit in Colossians, uh, just like he does in Galatians uh, chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's, this is basically his, his list of the fruits of the Spirit to Colossians, just with some different wording. So I don't think we have to go through all these other than to say this. Um, I've been in church a long time. been in churches literally from the time that I was born um, until now. And just in my experience, churches sometimes are the least compassionate, the least kind, the least humble, the least meek, the least patient, <laughs> the least bearing with one another, forgiving one another. I, I've, I've seen some of the most dark, bitter people that I've ever known in churches. And, and it's clear, Paul says, look, we've got to put that to death. If we are going to be the people of God, we've got to put anger jealousy, bitterness to death. We've got to put on love above all else. He lists all these things and he says above all these put on love which basically encompasses everything. So if that's you this morning, if you find yourself in that list of anger, um, um, wrath, malice, slander, gossiping, just put it to death. Get your eyes on Christ. Focus on him. Put it to death. Put on Gentleness, meekness, love, compassionate hearts. Then he goes back, I think, here. And, and, and verse 16 really goes back, I think, to the beginning of chapter 3, where he talks about um, getting your eyes on Christ, first of all, and then putting to death, and then putting these on. And then verse 16, he says this, um, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I think that goes back to the beginning to set your eyes on Christ. So as we're setting our eyes on Christ, we come to know him more by being in his word and by letting it dwell richly within us. And as we do that, as we set our eyes on him, and as we are in this book, as we let it dwell richly within us, we're going to realize more and more the things that we need to put to death, the things that we need to bring to life. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this very clearly. You can't know that unless you're in this book. 
consistently. Coming for an hour on Sunday morning and listening to me preaching or even coming to Sunday school is not enough. Be in this word daily. Know what it says. Know what, because this is how God speaks to us today. This is the word that he gave us. If you want to know God, if you want to know Christ, if you want to know what you need to put to death and what you need to bring to life, you're going to find it here. Be in this word. We cannot be the people God has called us to apart from being in his word consistently. It's not going to happen. Verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything for the name and for the renown of Christ Jesus. Live your life for him. Serve people for him. Praise his name. Um, our invitation this morning as we close is really very simple. Um, first of all, if you, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you can't set your eyes on him. You can't set your mind on him. Um, it's just not possible. So maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. You, you don't have a personal relationship. You've never asked him to forgive your sins. That's step one. Um, and, and so if that's you today, if you need to know about the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for you, come, come talk to me. I'd love to, love to visit with you about it. Um, second thing is this. If you need to repent, repent that simple. If, if there's something in your life that doesn't match up to what we talked about in here, repent. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bang you over the head on it because that's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. It, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty clear here what we need to put to death, what we need to bring to life. So if you find yourself on, uh, involved in some things you need to put to death, do it. Repent. Let the Holy Spirit work on you. Um, maybe it's a relationship that's not honoring to God maybe it's an attitude or an action that's not honoring to God and then we need to bring to life those things that need to be brought to life and that's part of repenting too it's not just stopping the, the things that we don't need to be doing it's, it's doing the things that we need to be doing so if there are some things in your life that, you need to, that need to be brought to life do it love or praise or allowing the, the word to be brought to life in you, dwelling deeply or allowing the word to dwell deeply in you. And the third thing is this. If you need to confess something, confess it. Confess it to God and, and, and ask forgiveness from God, from people, if you've wronged. It's that simple. Invitation is not difficult. So as Gene comes to lead us, uh, I'm going to close this in prayer. And then the altar is going to be open if you need to come spend some time. I'll be down here if you need to come chat or pray. Um, don't leave here without doing work with God this morning. Uh, let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. And I know that your, your word calls us, first of all, to get our eyes on you. And so I pray that, that that would be first step. That would be step number one for all of us, that we would get our eyes and our minds focused on you. Not just on the junk that we deal with in our lives, but that we would focus on you. And God, as we do that, I pray that you would uh, bring to our mind and, and bring to our attention the things that are in our lives that are not pleasing to you, that need to be put to death. And, and God, put them to death in us. Give us the strength, give us the courage 
to do violence against these things. God, I pray if there's somebody here that, that has a relationship that they need to change or, or end, that you would give them the strength to do that. And God, if there are interactions and attitudes within us that need to change, give us the strength and the courage to do that. If we need to confess and ask forgiveness from people, give us the strength and courage to do that, that we might restore relationships, not only with you, but with people as well, that we might be people who live the gospel and who seek to uh, follow after you each and every day. Use this time, work on our hearts. If there's work that needs to be done in this place, don't, don't let us um, get by without doing it. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from the Sunday morning worship service at First Baptist Church in Clayton. We are located at 223 Oak Street, and we would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings for Sunday school at 945 and worship at 11. You can reach us at 374-9285 or at fbcclayton.com.